Hi, I'm Joe. And I'm Hugo. And this is the Storytell Podcast. This is a show where every episode we will invite a new guest to speak about their mental health and some of the struggles they faced. Today, we have Ali. Hi, I'm Ali. I currently go to University of Ottawa. I'm originally from Vancouver, and this is my story to tell. Growing up as a first-generation Canadian, there's obviously a lot of pressure on you. And I've sort of felt this way throughout my education, right? Through high school, uh, middle school, elementary school, and even now in university. Um, it sort of led me to feel a bit of anxiety in my life, you know, always having to show my best no matter where I am, no matter what I do, whether it be in sports or academics, there's always a lot of pressure on me. And I feel like most of that pressure is self-derived, right? It's, uh, of course, some pressure comes from external sources like my parents, like my school environment. Most of that pressure is just relayed by myself. And I've sort of struggled with the past two to three years figuring out um, what my expectations for myself are. And I think it's really important that instead of focusing on what the world expects of you, to mainly focus on what you expect of yourself. And I think that sort of realization has helped me um, overcome some anxiety in my life. And I think that especially, I think it's a universal experience for most first generation Canadians to feel a sort of burden on their shoulders, right? Their parents came from thousands of miles away, <clears throat> sacrificing their families for long periods of time, all in order for you to be able to be here in this country and be able to do your best in whatever you do, right? So you don't really have that leeway to slack off. You don't really have any room for error. You always have to be your best. You always have to strive to be your best. And that pressure can sometimes be a little too much on a kid just going through high school in grade 10, 11, 12, and especially the transition to university. I feel like most people are, most people in the grad class of 2020, especially, didn't really get that proper transition, didn't get any proper resources to help them transfer into university successfully. It feels like we're all still in high school, to be honest. So, you know, not having that transition and not really having that support system that you would normally have entering first year university is definitely tough and definitely has been tough for me over these past few months and dealing with this anxiety alone has been tough, especially since I haven't been on residence. I've been studying at home, just isolated in my room the entire time, not having those engagements, not having that friendship that can actually help you overcome anxiety and help you break the sort of cycle of procrastination that you find yourself in when you go through a lot of pressure. And I think it's really important that you try, that I try and um, take a breather and not get too bogged down in my work because when that happens, you know, you're just stuck there. There's nothing else you wanna do. There's nothing else you can do. You just have to do your work. And that's the mentality you find yourself in often. And um, I think it's especially important that when you're going through this anxiety and when you're going through that sort of cycle of procrastination that you take a breather, you know, take a step back and allow yourself to sort of recalibrate and allow yourself to be able to think for a moment and understand why you're doing this, not just because your parents want you to, or not just because the world tells you to, but understand that this is your passion or understand that this is what you want to be doing in your life. And yeah, I just think that's a pretty universal experience for the most part, but it, it can't, it's not, it's never an easy experience to go through for sure. Yeah. No, definitely. You were talking about, um, that breather that people need, like, especially right now. Yeah. I right? like when you're just swamped and work and you, you have all these bottled up problem, I guess, weighing on your shoulder and in your experience just being a first generation Canadian and coming into university. Um, I think it's, it's especially in an environment, I know you're not on res, but for a lot of kids who are on res where they want to take 
a breath and they want to like go like meet new people but then they're saying like okay well i got sent here for a reason and a lot of people sacrifice things to send me here um i know you're not on res but does that i mean is that kind of relate to what you're saying oh definitely yeah um even even though i'm not at res i still do have some friends that are still in vancouver and it's always it's always a choice that you have to make between your schoolwork and going out and having fun. Yeah. Um, you know, you want to have the best of both world both worlds, but in all in all like reality, it's not often that possible. If you want to get great grades, you can't go out with your friends every night or every day, right? Yeah. So it's sort of a sacrifice you have to make. But I think that, you know, um normally it's fine to go out like once or twice a week, um, whether it just be on the weekends or, or um whether you're just going out for a little bike ride with your friends or whatever it is, just for a breather. But you know, it's, um, it's definitely a choice you have to make and a conscious choice you have to make. Mm -hmm. So what's that? You were mentioned quickly, the cycle of procrastination. Yeah. Can you just explain more like what that is? Yeah, for sure. So um, I've struggled with anxiety for quite a while. And um, it, that sort of has a has an effect on my schoolwork. So if I'm if I have a big assignment coming up, let's say I have something due tomorrow. Mm -hmm. um, I'm so anxious that the results have to be good that I'd rather just wait to the last minute or not do it at all because I feel right. it's going to be bad. And that just repeats itself and repeats itself until I'm just stressed out, out of my mind and I have so much to do and no time to do it at all. And then that must, that must be really bad considering the family pressure you're under. Like that's got to oh, make it totally. worse, right? Yeah. 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 Then you feel like you've let everyone down. You feel like they're all, they're all riding on your success for the future. And right. If you don't have that success, then everyone's done. Right, which just inflates the whole problem. Exactly, yeah. Well, it, it sounds like a lot of it comes from, I guess, the anxious thought that, hey, my parents are going to be, you know, on me and, and like I'm, I'm letting down people I care about if I don't get this done, if I don't succeed. Yeah. But then it comes from yourself, which is a funny thing. Because it, Yeah, it's, it's really it's strange. Like it's so distant. And it's something that, you know, you see as like, oh, it's coming from the fact that, I have parents and I have like a expectation just in my family and in my cultures that I have to succeed here. But then yeah. ultimately it's like, it's you. Yeah, no, um, like if I take a step back and like look at it from like uh, a third person's perspective, right? Not just look at it from my own perspective. I can see that no matter what my parents will support me. And see, even if my grades aren't doing too well, they're still going to love me. They're still going to give me a home. They're still going to feed mm. me. Right. They're still going to care about me. And they're still going to, they're still going to hope that I can be successful in the future. But it's just that it's that feeling that, you know, what if they won't, right. It's that feeling mm. that I owe them something that I owe them to try my very best. And I do owe them that, right. that I have to right. try my very best and everything I do, but it's that sort of pressure that you feel. And it's not even from parents. You feel like it's like external, but in all reality, it's yourself putting that pressure on you and you're giving yourself your own anxiety. Yeah. And would you say that this is, well, you said it's universal among first generation Canadians and, and really just first movers. Um, would you say that it's a different situation just with your cultural background or is it, do you think it's a cross? Like if you're, if people are coming from different parts of the world, does that matter or, or? Well, I mean, I definitely, I can't speak to anyone else's culture, right? For, right. for my culture, especially like a Middle Eastern culture and, um, and subcontinental Asian culture, it's very, uh, success is very important, academic success, especially, right. and I'm um, always doing your best. But I feel like no matter where you're from, whether it be Europe, Africa, 
South America, Central America, your parents always want you to be successful. Yeah. So I feel like for the most part, it's a somewhat universal experience. Certain cultures may put more stress on academics or certain cultures may put more stress on living a healthy lifestyle. That's just the way it is, right? There's going to be cultural differences no matter where you're from. But I think that success is always important to parents. And I think for some people it's pressure from, you know, maybe not their parents, but there's going to always be pressure from somewhere, whether exactly. it's your culture, your friends or other members of your family. There's some, everyone's got a little bit of <laughs> pressure behind yeah. them. Yeah, no, for sure. I just had, I'm going to backtrack a little bit, but um, do you find like in your speaking on behalf of your cultural background, um, not only like the pressure, but I guess expressing those um, struggles and anxiety, how has that been received, right? Like when you vocalize this and it's like, hey, I'm really just like, I'm feeling it right now and it's not yeah. great. So I'd say for the most part, like, um, at least within my own house, my parents have been very supportive of me when I've expressed my anxiety. But on a, on a broader scale, I feel like, and I, I, I'm not just speaking from my own culture here, I've noticed this in other, um, other first generation Canadians' parents and their cultures, that like, large part when you're when you're not originally from this area, um, mental health isn't really talked about, right, in mm -hmm. places like Asia, or South America, it's not really talked about, even Eastern Europe, like no one really talks about anxiety, depression, or anything like that. It's always just, oh, just, you'll be fine, just work some more, or just take a, take a break and then get back to work. No one really talks about like the underlying issues that are mental health problems. And I think if we have more education on that, and if we have more like communication about these mental health issues that this generation is going through quite a bit, then I think you're just gonna have a better outlook for the future. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And well, yeah, that's important too for, do you think breaking that cycle of procrastination, like oh, kind yeah. of changing your outlook and things are going to be fine? You kind of. You know, there, there are days where um, I've got really good days for work, right? Like yeah. I just get my head oh, yeah. down. I, I start work from like the more, minute I get up and I feel so accomplished, right? Yeah. But then you contrast that to the days where you're just sitting in bed and you're just like, I don't want to do work right now. Like if I do work, I'm going to do it bad. And if I do it bad, then everyone's going to be disappointed in me. So I just yeah. wait to the last minute to do the work and I'm so stressed out. So, you know, it's a mix of both good and bad days. Mm -hmm. Right. And have you found like, obviously university is seen as a big jump from high school and this, this pressure that you put on yourself, even though it's rooted somewhere else, but, um, do you find that that's gone worse? Like, like you have more experience on one hand dealing with these things, but on the other, it's like, it is a whole different level, right? Like, have exactly. you found that that's changed anything? Well, I feel like for the most part, I could sort of avoid this issue in high school because I had a great support system. I had great friends around me. I had teachers that were always there for me, right? I could sort of keep myself distracted with school sports or school clubs or whatever it is. But now with like pretty much everything shut down, I'm no longer working. I'm literally just doing schoolwork. There's not really a whole lot of distractions for me. So even though like I have more experience in dealing with these issues, I have to tackle them more head on than I did in high school because in oh, high school totally I different. could just avoid them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like we, we talked about, about self-reflection with Nico. Yeah. And there are some positive things that came out of that. Like just saying like, what direction do I want to go in? But also it's like when you home in on directly at the problem, you know, like, like you're saying it, it, it becomes a lot more, you can't avoid it. Right. It's just, there. yeah, it becomes it, it a lot more real. Yeah. 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 Well, and that thing, like a whole 
thing with direction, like for you with all this pressure, do you ever feel pressure to stay where you're going and not change direction? And do you like, do you think that's a common thing or how do you feel? Uh, yeah, definitely. It's definitely common, especially like currently I'm studying finance, right? Yeah. And I know that in my culture, it's either business, being a lawyer, being a doctor. That's about it. Right. 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 And so like, you know, I've always wanted to do more creative things. Like I've always dreamed of going like to film school, for example, or doing something like that. But I mean, it's, there's a lot of pressure to stay where you are, especially yeah. when you've like, you know, I've already got almost a full year of university under my belt studying finance and to change now would just right. be pointless. But I do think that there is pressure to stay where you are and there is pressure to sort of follow your trajectory and like not stray off it at all. Right. I, I think it definitely limits, okay, I guess, well, you don't know about like the actual freedom of being able to do it. Cause like you almost stop yourself before you even get to that door. Like I know yeah. a lot of my friends who aren't like my friends trying to change into um, kin and right. And, and as someone who's just been in Canada for a long time and the parents didn't come from um, somewhere recently, it's just, it's like, okay, if you want to do that, go do that. And we're behind you. But when you don't have that, I don't know, that, that comfortability, right? It, it's almost like, uh, I don't know what you think, but it's like, you don't know what's going to happen if you bring that totally. up. Yeah. It's um, it's uncharted territory, right? Yeah. Like, like yeah. my sister, she stayed in her trajectory throughout her entire undergrad and now she's at law school. And then it's just, I don't want to be that sort of black sheep, right? Mm -hmm. The guy that, that strays away and like leads everyone else away, you know? But, you know, I know my parents will support me even if I wanted to do that. It's just the the fear of doing that, right? Like the uncertainty that is, and it just leads to more anxiety, I think, that when I already know what finance is like, like I already, I've, I already have a year of it under my belt, I can know what to expect for the future. Yeah. But for like some, if I want to transfer out and do a different program or to a different university even, I don't know what that's like. And I think more of that fear of uncertainty and that anxiety that comes with it is something that I have to learn how to deal with. You mentioned you had a sister. Is there any, is there any like pressure there? Like being as good as your sister? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. My <laughs> sister, she's a, she's always been sort of like the star child, you know? Yeah. Um, and no, like all credit to her. She worked, she worked her butt off, right. To get where she is right. today. Of course. And it's not, it is a bit of pressure, but it's mostly like, I'm really happy for her. And I also yeah. like, want to do as well as she is right okay so like my parents aren't going to pressure me to be as good as she is but it's sort of like I see where she's at in her life today she's got most of her stuff figured out I'm just like damn I want to be there you know right I want to be at that point where I don't struggle with these things and I and I and she definitely experiences she she probably goes through things on her own that that me and my parents don't know about either and that's just the way that it works for everyone right not all your problems are in the open but what I do see is her success. And what I do see is how well she does in school mm -hmm. and how focused she is. And that's something I always want to strive to be like. And I guess like there is pressure to be as good as her, but I more so see it as she's a role model that I can strive to be like. Right. Yeah. Some inspiration. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's good. So, I mean, there definitely are parent and kids in some to your situation, Ali. But like coming, yeah. like you, you've been here since high school. Yeah, right? been here for a while, I, I think. Yeah. A lot of kids are first coming, like, you know, in my program, or just, just McGill in a whole, um, are coming from different places. And this is their first time in Canada, right? And and they maybe don't have that same level of support, like that same flexibility when it comes to 
hey, if this is what you want to do, we'll always be behind you. Um, I guess, I guess if you could put yourself in that situation, like, what would you, do you think that everything would just be heightened or like, like, like what would that lead a person to do? Cause like, I think Joe and I are so far from that experience, yeah, yeah. but like, could you imagine it being different? Like not having some of those flexibilities? Yeah. You know, it, it's hard to put myself in the shoes of people like that because um, as much as like I've dealt with being a first generation Canadian, I can't imagine what it's like you know, leaving your entire family and coming here to study. Like I know my dad, yeah, my dad did that back in the eighties, but like, I just can't imagine that. Like, like that's just, I all power to them to do their best, but they must feel so isolated, especially now, like during a pandemic, Right. right. You can't go back and forth. Like most people do from university. Right. So I just, I feel for them and, you know, uh, every struggle that I go through with my anxiety that comes from being a first generation Canadian is multiplied by 10 for them because they don't have a support system at all here with their family. And I'm lucky enough that I have my parents here. I have aunts and uncles that are always going to be here for me. They don't really have that in Canada unless their parents move with them, which is, which is very rare, right? No, yeah. How have you been able to cope with some of this anxiety spurred from pressure? Yeah. Um, so I, again, like most of high school and, and I was distracted, right. I, I would go yeah. with my friends or I'd, I'd have a support system, but without that support system, it was hard to like learn coping mechanisms. And I think some of the best coping mechanisms I, I gained was just simply, you know, going for a bike ride, going for a run on my own, listening yeah. to music and doing something I like, like I I've started trying to wake up one day a week to like, I live pretty close to the beach. So like to wake up at around six o'clock, bike down to the beach for the sunrise. It's, um, you know, just little things that bring you joy. Yeah. You, know, you always want to find so time nice. to do something for yourself. It's beautiful. Yeah. I always yeah. try to do that when I can. It's amazing. That's awesome. I guess this, this closely relates to Nico and, and just finding passions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you know, I get that. That's little things help us, but like, again, surrounding ourselves with, things we like to do and and just keeping ourselves motivated to work towards something I think is huge especially when dealing with all types of pressures but if we home in again on being like pressure from yourself and maybe spurred from external pressures like your family and being a first generation Canadian like I don't think it's distracting yourself but it's just it's just coming to a point where like I feel like I'm going in a good direction. I can have these things that I like to do and just pursue them. Yeah, exactly. And, um, you know, like I said, there are good days and bad days, right? For everyone. Like, you know, those good days are when I'll wake up and see the sunrise there. And then the bad days will be like, it's one o'clock and I'm like, crap, I got to get out of bed. You know, I got to actually get some work done. So it's, I mean, for me, especially, I can't speak to anybody else's experience with anxiety, but for me, it's very, um, it's very on and off. Either I'm, I'm having a really bad anxiety attack or I'm just, I'm, there's no point in doing work that day. Or, you know, I'm the most productive person in the world that will ever exist. There's no really middle ground. I think it's important to find that middle ground because everybody struggles with some form of anxiety. Yeah. Right. What it might not be like as severe as having panic attacks it might just be like nervous for the future, but that's a form of anxiety that we all have to find a way to cope with. And I think that if, if there, are, if you're able to find a more healthy way to cope with it, then I think you're set and you're all good from that point. And I think finding something that you enjoy 
and like taking like half an hour breaks here and there to just go for a run, go for a bike ride, play some video games, listen to some music, whatever, whatever it is you like to do. I think that's, that's a great start to learning to cope. Yeah. And have you been able to reach out to anyone in a similar, like, do you know anyone in a similar position when it comes to being a first generation Canadian? Mm. Well, you know, um, I do have a large friend base that like, that does go through some of the same challenges as me, especially um, being, being first generation Canadians themselves. But I think when it comes to those friends, it's not often talked about, right? Um, when we're talking to each other, we're not really talking about our anxiety issues. We're talking about, oh, let's go, let's go to the field and play some soccer together. Or let, let's go for a drive or something like that, right? We're not really talking about our anxiety issues. And I think that's part of the problem too, that as first generation Canadians, we're not always as open, especially to other first generation Canadians, because there's sort of this underlying idea of, you know, like, I don't know if it's stigmatized in his house, so I don't want to talk about it to him yeah. and make myself look like an idiot, you know? Um, but I, of course, they're probably going through something themselves as well, and, and they're feeling the exact same way about me. So it's just, you have to sort of break those walls down, especially with other first generation Canadians and have that open dialogue, which I think is rare, but when it happens is really good. Do you ever feel like you're scared to talk about certain things because you're worried about like being weak or, or being kind of a lesser version of those people in the same situation? Like you didn't Definitely. cope properly? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it's also hard, like, because most of my friends are, are really successful where they are right now. Yeah. Um, but of course they go through stuff themselves, but it, it's hard looking, um, looking outside. And I think, um, when we start to compare ourselves to other people is when, um, is when we can really get like hard on ourselves. Like I know yeah. I went through a period during this year, um, studying in university where I'd look at where all my friends are and I'd look at where I am and I was like, crap, you know, they're, they're so much better. They're doing so much better than me. But then, then you got to stay, take a step back and realize, mm -hmm. you know, everyone goes through their own struggles and deal, deals with them differently. So when you compare yourself to other people, that's when that's when things go wrong in my experience. It always looks bad, but the reality is often very different. Exactly, right? They're not gonna they're not gonna tell you all their struggles. They're not gonna tell you all the grades they're getting. They're, all, they're yeah. probably only gonna tell you the good ones, right? Exactly. Yeah. So that's all you compare yourself to, and that's not good. And I think it's such like a poor like, or a short snapshot of what it's going to be like right like oh exactly like you're saying like it's only like the we're coming to the end of our first year and yeah. it, i mean to be honest it barely feels like a first year it's just like exactly. i sat in my room and i went on zoom but yeah. you know i know i know everyone i've talked to that stayed at home and sees and talks like i went on res and friends that stayed at home were like oh, i wish i could have gone and like i i just feel like you guys have it so much better but i'm like well, you don't know what's going to happen like the next two years. Like maybe like yeah. you're going to have that opportunity on campus and and in like the student body and you're going to be in a way better. Like it's just it's just so early. No, oh, yeah, exactly. right. And it's uh, it's also, you know, um, I hate to like sort of make it like this, but it's also one of the pitfalls of social media in that aspect. Right. Like, yeah, if on a Friday night I'm sitting at home just just by myself, listening to music or playing some video games and I open my phone, look at everybody's Snapchat stories and they're out having a blast, you know, they're hanging yeah. with their friends, whatever it is. That's, again, only a snapshot of what's going on in reality. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Like they could be they could be going through some of the hardest struggles of their life. But again, they have that distraction. So. I think that 
you just got to stop sort of comparing yourself to other people in that aspect because you know people on res definitely might ha be having more fun than me but they might not have as good of a support system as i do right now like I look at it like I'm pretty lucky. I got to go through university and still have my parents with me to support me mm -hmm. and, you know, cook for me. You know, that's a big plus, you know, <laughs> home cook meals and people on res don't. Yeah. Um, it's always like, you got to look at your blessings. It's all relative. Like, it's all relative. Exactly. Yeah. There's no objective one's better than the other. Yeah. You know, it's what you make of it. That's right. It's the little wins. <laughs> exactly. The little ones. Yeah. We're good. Well, that's the thing with social media, like you mentioned, it's kind of funny because I think 90% of people are never going to post, oh, like I'm having a shitty day or I, I something really right. bad happened. Yeah. But then in reality, you know, and then you look at that and you're like, oh, everyone's having such a great time. And you're like, oh, wow, my me, I just suck. I'm the only one who sucks. And and then it kind of, yeah. and then you don't want to reach out because you're the only one and you're like, oh, I don't want to be like the only guy. But then it turns out that everyone's doing the same way. Exactly. Yeah. I mean... I've, I've sort of always, um, I've always wanted to post more casually on Instagram. Um, yeah. I've always wanted to like be one of those guys that just post whatever they want to. Right. But right. like, it's just so hard to try and do that. You know, it's so hard to try and live authentically online because you're like, you know, if I just post a picture of me riding a bike, like I'm going to get like 50 likes. Like, come on, <laughs> that, that's crap. You know, it's sort of, it's, it's hard to make that adjustment. But I think if you do make that adjustment and you treat social media, like it should be treated, like it's not real, mm -hmm. like it's a joke basically. And you make mm -hmm. a joke out of it, then, then you're chilling. Right. But it, as long as you continue to take it super duper seriously, you're just, you're doing that to yourself at that point. Slippery slope. And also has, it has an, a social effect outside, right? Like, like yeah. a lot of people think that it stays, on these platforms that it's almost superficial that people are having a great time but then you see it and it's it's involved like you know in in different groups that you see people and they're like it, it's not always like you see them and it's like oh that's so different from what they post online yeah but it's it's almost just like they're keeping the act up even outside of their posts it's like totally yeah and, and you know of course like you know coming on Show, like a podcast like this and then kind of you know taking that curtain down i mean ultimately the goal i guess is on spotify it's on whatever online but um i think the end goal is that it's 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 in our conversations in real life right and it has like that yeah. social effect and yeah. it's kind of like the same thing you're talking about like how you don't know um but it's like with it when you when you have other friends that are in some position being a first generation Canadian, it's like you just you you just don't have like that social setting and it's not spoken yet that, hey, I, I feel like compared to you or like you're comparing yourself to me and I'm not following in these footsteps or not doing the best I can. Yeah, no, definitely. And I think uh, to your earlier point where um you know, people are acting like they do in social media, like there, there comes a point where people are just living for social media, right? All their experiences are fabricated so that yeah. they can post them on Instagram or like post a cute little boomerang with them and their friends. Like, right. like, come on, live for yourself. Like, that's what you want to be able to do. And I mean, I've definitely, I'm definitely guilty of that too. Like, I'll be like, oh yeah, let's go, let's go cliff jumping. That'd be a sick story on my, on my Snapchat right. story. Yeah, right? yeah. That'd be so sick. And like, but you know, trying to trying to distance yourself from that mentality, I think is really good. And it, it can also help with anxiety as well, because then you're less worried about every, what everyone else will think of you. And you're yeah. more worried about 
this is going to be great memories. These are great stories. I can tell my kids one day, you know, yeah. if you're just living for yourself rather than right, living right, right. for social media, you're, you're miles ahead of everyone. Yeah. Just take a minute. Don't care what other people think. Helps a lot. Yeah. So I guess if we could wrap it up into, I mean, considering everything we've been talking about, um, for the people that are listening in similar positions that you are, Ali, and you know, considering like what you've done in high school to cope with it and, and moving into university, being isolated, COVID, what would you tell them? Like, what would you want to leave them with so that they can approach today and tomorrow better? Yeah, um, you know, I'd say there's a couple of things you can do. Mostly take time for yourself. You know, we are, we're all dealing with the struggles and pressures of university, right? Um, we all want to do our best in everything we do. But to take a step back and to do a couple of things that you enjoy every single day, if you enjoy your schoolwork, you know what, do your schoolwork. If that makes you happy, do that. But, you know, for a lot of people, that isn't what drives them. That isn't what makes them happy. You know, go for a walk, go for a run, sit down with your mom if you can, have a chat with her, um, talk to a friend, call a friend one day, randomly check up on them. You know, it's little things that, that, that makes life, you know, a bit, a bit better and a bit more bearable. Thanks, Ali. It was awesome having you on. You were super awesome. And thank you so much for sharing your story. Thanks for having me, guys. I love what you're doing here. Thank you so much. All right. See everyone next week. See you next week. Have a great day. Bye.